This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you will live like Jesus and share His love. Well, welcome everybody to Radiant Reflections episode 61. 61. 61. We are quite far from the camera, as you can tell. We are now, not. Are we, are in we zoomed in pretty good or no? So, this is a non zoom camera. Oh. Pardon me. Um, non zoom lens. Okay. I grabbed the wrong lens from the studio. So, we, do we look as far away as like it feels like the camera no. is? No. So, okay. the camera is right here and just to your left. But that's just because of the focal length of the lens. The lens is a okay. 75 millimeter lens and it's a fixed uh, focal length. So, okay. yeah, it just kind of is what it is. I've elected, as you can see, to keep my sweatshirt and my sock hat on because <laughs> it is, the Jeep said negative 11 this morning. Josh, you, you had negative nine. It's chilly. Yeah, negative nine, I think. Wind chill was like negative 27, something like that. Yeah. So, chilly. Hor- horrible. Yeah with, yeah, with not really any time to transition. Like we've had a pretty mild winter. It's very, and been it's very like mild. Yeah. All, all of a sudden, it's like, no, you know what? Let's be in the negatives. Arctic. Yes. Let's be Arctic. Yeah, just for fun. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but God is the one who sends the snow. We know this from Job. But so I was thinking about this this morning the when text. I was freezing my tushy off in my garage to go start. I mean, which cool that I have a garage. Some yes. people don't like a house for your car. Right. I mean, it's it's a house for my car, but I'm I'm freezing. <laughs> like my tushy off just to go start my car. And I, I had this thought. I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get JB's perspective on this. Do you think pre-fall uh-huh. there were this cold temperatures or the pre-fall human being was impervious to the cold? Because mm. this type of cold kills. Like if you're outside, like this will kill you. Absolutely. And yeah. that wouldn't have Hi- been the case before the hypothermic. fall. Was Man. Is is weather like this a result of the fall? Yeah. Yes, God sends the snow, yes. but he sends snow into a fallen world. Yes. Pre-flood, there's no rain. Right. Would there have been snow pre-fall? Josh. I don't know. Wow. That's a great question. I don't think I have an answer okay. for that. <laughs> Other than... I would say maybe that there wasn't snow because we know that part of the reason for the seasons is for uh, vegetation to decay and for things to freeze off, like to actually die. There's like cycles of life that are based on, like if you go in the forest, the leaves fall off of a tree and they they make the the humus, they Mm -hmm. make the the earth, the the topsoil. So, but I did have an interesting conversation with um, Heather Herbert, Pastor John's wife, because her and John have joined the carnivore cult. Oh, I, I lovingly call it those of us who are meat eaters only. And we were talking about that and just talking about heaven. And, and I said, you know, we won't be carnivores in heaven. We, we will only eat, we'll be vegetarians in heaven because eating meat requires death mm-hmm. and there's no death. So I do believe it is my opinion that pre-fall uh, humans, Adam and Eve were created to eat vegetables mm-hmm. and fruits only, not animals. I think we were created no, to be I would, vegeta- I would agree with that. Yeah, veg- vegetarians. Yeah. But I don't know. Watchman Knee, you know, you yeah. heard, there's there's the latent power of the soul. There's some interesting ideas uh, baked around those. Yeah, I mean, he had some good stuff. He had some stuff that was a little bit Yeah, bones to spit different. out. Different, yeah. Yeah, always. Yeah. <laughs> there's always bones to spit out. 
always. But episode right. sixty-one. Episode sixty-one. Drinking. Uh, some really nice coffee. You said this is from Say. This is from Say in Brooklyn. So we are in the green room. For those of you that don't know, like we're at the mm. church. This is the place where the worship team and production team, pastoral team, sometimes come and hang out in between services. We'll sometimes we'll have something to eat. Uh, I shouldn't say sometimes, all of the times, pretty much. Yep. Um, but we have uh, coffee back here, and so we have a subscription to Say. We get one bag per month. And it lasts us for quite a while. Uh, so, yeah, this is from Say. I'm going to try to look at where this is from without looking at without the tasting notes. I did. I'm able to do it. Rock and roll. Abel Sal- Salinas from the Arashi region. Marajado washed. This is from Ecuador. Hmm. This is from Ecuador. And uh, Say always has some really, really great coffee. So they come in these really cool white boxes, too. I know when I took my first sip, I want to say Smarties. Like there's some sort of like a candy mm-hmm. tart vibe to it. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Green grapes. Yep. I'm saying uh, chocolate for sure. I taste chocolate and Smarties is a creative. That's good, Josh. I think he, yeah, that seems right. Smarties or cranberries. <clears throat> yeah, because it, it, it is... It it's kind of tart. Mm-hmm. It's got a tart taste. No, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about your cranberry. Okay. What else do you... What else? I, okay, now I'm seeing them. This is a beautiful, transparent, and clean representation. Granny Smith apple. Okay, nice. Of Maharado from one of our favorite regions in Ecuador. In the cup, the profile is elegant and refined. I should... Yes. My pinky out yes. for that next zip there. Say is a little bit uh, hoity-toity. With layers, okay, here it is. Soft florals, hmm. peach, and lemon. So the oh, lemon, the Smarties, tart, grapes, yeah. yep. Yep, so this is, uh, yep, uh, uh, 1,900 meters. It's hand-picked at peak ripeness, floated to further remove defects, depulped, D dry fermented for 24 hours, washed and dried on raised beds for 15 days before we get it. So, okay. Say out of Brooklyn. This it's quite is, the process. It is. Yeah. I got turned on to this uh, roaster from a, a pastor friend who pastors a church in Brooklyn, right in the metro area. I think it's just house churches because you can't afford. Like you yeah, can't even real afford. Real estate would be bonkers. You can't even afford to like rent a, like a room like we're sitting in. You can't even afford something like that. It's just, it's bananas, yeah. Okay. Good cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Good, uh, yeah, now, how come we're in the green room? Did you already say why we're I, in the green room? Uh, okay, so it's been a morning. It's also why we don't have a very good lens. I've picked the wrong lens, and I was, I just did not have the energy to go back over to the studio and get the correct lens. So I'm like, you know what? We're just going to go with it. We're just going to go for it. Um, so I got to the studio this morning at about 7.30 because I was on for the at 8. So I needed to test stuff there. And I arrived to the studio, and it is 47 degrees in the studio, quite cold. Um, and so the heat is out. I'm guessing the HVAC unit is frozen or who knows what. So I called the building super, and he's working on that. I know Josh to be a person like me that doesn't prefer cold weather. So I texted him. I like him. that choice of words. Yeah. 
that I just had this conversation with a couple of my kids last week. Not not about weather, but it challenged the way that I talk about weather. Oh, me too, dude. So God's been speaking to me about well, that. Well, so yeah. I'm having this conversation with one of my kids and they, you know, I had some kids out sick, so they missed like the one day of school where school actually met, whatever last week. So they're doing right. their they're making up their work. Right. And one of my children says, Well, I hate math. I just hate math. Yeah. I said I said, We're gonna reframe this. Stronger. We're going to frame this. We're yeah. going to say, you know, math is a challenge for me, <laughs> but I'm going to work through it. And and I had to do this with, with a couple of my kids for a d- couple of different subjects in their school. And then, like, <laughs> Tuesday. So I think this was Monday, must have been. Tuesday, like, we get, like, some less than pleasant weather, right? Yes. And I'm thinking, I hate, I hate the cold. And then I'm like... No. <laughs> Cold weather is a challenge for me. Yes. But I will work through it. So And I've try to, to be thankful and grateful within it. Yeah. In the midst of it. Yeah. Yes. So that's been So a- it's been a cold morning and so I, I text Josh and I was like, Hey, we'll just have to find a quiet spot and the green room is very quiet because it does have some acoustic treatment in here. Uh, but yeah, ac- episode sixty one. Radiant Reflections. We had a special guest speak speaker, the bishop of we did. our district. Is, is the best way to describe his role, Dr. Chris Conrad, who is the superintendent of the Great Lakes region of the Wesleyan yeah. Church, of which we both belong and work. Yep. So Yeah, so it's yeah. good. Uh, Very good. Maybe you remember uh, last March, so a little bit less than a year ago, uh, Pastor Chris was here with us mm-hmm. and delivered a message, powerful message. Yes. Like, I mean, people are still talking about what he brought the last time. Well, we, we yeah. shot an entire... Uh, testimonial video mm-hmm. with Rachel that was kind of yep. connected kind of to that spun message. out to that message. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. So he was back. He braved the, the chilly temperatures and less than pleasant roads. Cause I mean, he's up from the Grand Rapids area. They got more snow than we did. And so, yeah, he, he left his house at five thirty. yesterday. He texts Ryan and I, and he, he was at Starbucks here in Sturgis at seven thirty. <laughs> he's a beast. Really oh is. man, he goes, goes, That's goes. That's awesome. Yep. So yeah, so he brought this message. We're in our reclaiming holiness series, and he he asked the question, which is the title of his message: "What role does Holy Spirit play in my holiness or our mm-hmm. holiness?" Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what he jumped into mm-hmm. uh, over the course of this teaching. Mm-hmm. So just right out of the gate, JB, what what grabbed you in this teaching? He he had like a lot of different. He did. Kind of things that he, he threw out there. So I was just mm-hmm. curious for you, like what, you know, what really it, stuck. It, because it didn't, because the message was more um, on different topics, I didn't have as many like bullet points. I had a lot of questions and also single phrases. It was, I, I would agree. My, my notes are very much the, the same. So maybe so. we can ask each other the questions that we came up with and provide answers. Okay. But one of the first things is I, I know Chris... Uh, to be a guy, he does OMAD. So he does one meal a day. And right out of the gate, you know, he was talking about his addiction to mm. food and just how uh, how food has affected him. And so he, as a way to combat that, he fasts every day, seven days a week. He, he doesn't, he has an eating window between, I think it's like 5 p.m. and maybe 8 p.m. at mm. the most, 7 p.m. That's it. He does not eat until dinner time every day. And it, God has used it to transform his life. Like he showed us a picture of a more rotund version of himself 
and he's very thin. He's run marathons. He's a fit guy. Um, but one of the phrases that when he was talking about uh, fasting, particularly, mm. and I'm thinking we're in this 21 days of fasting and prayer. Uh, I just shared this morning out of Isaiah 56 uh, for the ad eight and talking. There's some fasting language in there. But he said fasting is more about what we receive from God, not about like what we are um, abstaining from. And I thought, man, that's a really cool perspective because I don't know how you are when I get into a fast. I'm like, I can't eat. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat. I am not, 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 no, no, rather than yes. And Lord, what do you have for me? I mean, I get there usually. It takes some time. But initially, I'm just like, you know. Well, what about and, I, you? and I think the struggle there, because I love, I, I jot down from what he said. He says, don't focus on what you're fasting from. Focus on what you are feasting on. Mm. And, and I, was, I, was like, I was like, okay. Because honestly, this has been, these last two weeks of the 21 days in prayer fasting, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, there's fasting, but it's like, all I think about is food. Like I literally, I'm like- When you stop eating, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's yeah. like, when, when do I get to eat? Is it, is, it, is it time to eat yet? Is it time? Uh, ooh, when I can eat, this, this is what I'm gonna eat first, and this is gonna be second. It like, consumes it's, it's a like lot. It's like total, like, it's like, okay, no. So that was a good challenge yesterday. But I also liked what he said. Uh, and and I, I didn't write it down, but uh, so I'm fairly certain he said this. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. But he says, like, in the context of fasting, mm -hmm. like if this isn't drawing you closer to Jesus, stop it. Right. Like, like stop doing it, which right. is in align with a lot of what we've talked about with mm -hmm. all of the disciplines we've mm -hmm. talked about on Radiant Reflections. Yeah. Right? Our why has to drive the bus. Mm -hmm. right? Like, why are we doing this? Yeah. And if we're just doing this because, you know, we got up on stage here at Radiant Life and said, all right, guys, we're going to do 21 days of prayer and fasting. Right. All right. I guess I guess I'll do this, you know, because this is what we're doing. <laughs> right. As a church, um, versus no, if I'm going to be intentional and mm -hmm. do this to lean into Jesus. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, I think uh, particularly with fasting and all the disciplines, kind of in, in balance to what you're just saying, there there is a certain discipline to to getting the ball started. Oh, I would agree with that. But I would say, like to to the end of it, yeah, if it's nothing but like strife and struggle unless it's like reading your bible which it doesn't matter how challenging you think it is to read your bible you need to read it it may be the way that you read it it may be the version maybe how maybe lectio divina is a better approach for you um there's there's all sorts of different reasons but yes there needs to be some fruit in your life fruit doesn't always look and feel the same and he no. said something you know the knowledge of god and even the fruits of the spirit, they aren't natural to us, mm. right? They, it's, it's much more um, heavenly and eternal. No, that's good. But, and we'll kind of segue from that into a, a statement that he made. And now we'll, we'll pair this with the idea of holiness. Mm. Uh, Pastor Chris said, everything we know about God is ultimately a result of Holy Spirit's work in us, mm. right? So when you, you talk about going to Scripture, yeah. right, it's it's not that just oh well hey I read these words. I mean there are people that study Scripture that are atheists, right? I mean right. Like, I mean but but for those of us that engage it as this is the the revelation of God to us, right? Right? It's Holy Spirit who kind of quickens our hearts and our minds mm -hmm. to be able to understand the yeah. things that we're reading. And maybe you've had this experience, right? You're reading a scripture. Maybe you've read this scripture a hundred times. And on the hundred and one time, <laughs> yeah. right, you're like, whoa, 
yeah, right? I mean, like that's that's Holy Spirit, like bringing that to life for whatever it is He needs to get through to you, to yeah. me, to you know, and yeah. So I think when it go, comes to holiness, mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, it's through Holy Spirit. I think that we have that recognition of how holy God is. Mm, right? yeah. We talked about that, yeah. right? So I, I think outside of His influence. Uh, we would always stay kind of disconnected and, and maybe limited in our ability to understand. We don't have the physical barrier for mm-hmm. the, you know, go back to the tabernacle or mm-hmm. the temple. No, mm-hmm. there's a physical barrier to let you know no, you're separated from, from this. Right. Right. Hey, there's this mountain and it's smoking and it's fire and it's <laughs> yes. all these things. Yes. Right. Stay away from that. Yeah. Like there's, there's this physical manifestation that I know that I'm separated from. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we don't have that. Yeah. So, but I think it's Holy Spirit who, who gives us that awareness to say, uh, God is something entirely other, uh, other than what yeah. we are, what we are capable of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's that understanding. Re- recognition of, of my inability to enter into God's presence on my own is necessary for salvation. I, yeah. was, I mean, because otherwise, Lost wh- first. what, what yeah. do I need a, a, a savior for? Exactly. What am I saved from? So there right. has to be that awareness of my own inability. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, we come to terms with the the sufficiency of what Jesus has accomplished on our behalf. Yes. So. Amen. Sorry, I want a no, little, no. Uh, little no, tangent there. but That's good. Um, Another question that Chris asked, and uh, it was a poignant one, but I don't know that we could just like straight answer it. Are we as close to God as we could be? I mean, that that was kind of the vein I felt like of all of what he was saying was, you know, God wants us to be as close to him as possible, but are there things in our lives that we're choosing that actually put distance between us? Well, and so I jotted down the question, like does lack of holiness in my life and in other people's lives, mm-hmm. does that stem from me trying to find satisfaction in the offerings of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Which I mean, because mm-hmm. now that becomes a that becomes a barrier to God, right? If mm-hmm. I'm chasing after the world, right? Right? He tells us you can't be a, a friend with the world and a, and a yep. friend of God, right? You, you can't have it both Enmity. ways. Enmity, yeah. So... Is it those areas in my life where I'm still seeking after uh, world, whether it's worldly pleasures, you know, worldly solutions to problems that I might have? Is that one of the root causes of a lack of holiness? Does that make mm-hmm. sense? It does. Oh. Well, I mean, uh, in the book that we just finished reading, the other half of church, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, truth to us pursuing joy and pursuing wholeness and pursuing happiness from many other things when really the the person that we are inside in Christ, we we actually do desire to be with God. Mm -hmm. So Paul talks about this war, you know, in in Romans 7. Um, And I, I, I always tend to lean towards the negative side of that, right? Like the flesh is always wanting to pursue the things that are in opposition to God. But there is also an inward man that has been born again, mm-hmm. that has a new nature, uh, has a new direction towards God because of Jesus, because of the Holy Spirit, that truly wants to be with God, mm-hmm. truly does. Mm-hmm. That is in us. That's actually part of our identity and who we are. Uh, but we get into trouble when we try to fulfill that joy. We try to fulfill uh, what we're really longing for in ways that will never fulfill it. 
that will actually never give us the results mm -hmm. um, that we're seeking. No, no. That's... Yeah. Um, looking at my notes here, which you guys can probably see on the video, which you normally can't. Yeah, right? we, so it's like a <laughs> it's like a knee up shot this time. Yeah, so, so they can see me. Yeah, looking at my Lockbee. Yes. There we go. Pocket journal. <laughs> uh, but it, but Chris made. He made the, the statement, we don't have to be who we've been, mm. right? And I, and I think that's an, uh, a really important con concept for us to, to grab a hold of. I was doing, I'm working through some material through the uh, American Association of Christian Counselors, mm -hmm. doing some, some classes. And Your mic one. turned upside down. Oh, man. Oh, no. We want that, that mic part to be point. Yes, there we go. Rock and roll. We're back at it. Hopefully they could still hear me. We'll see. Yeah, we'll um, so I was going, actually, I just, I sat and I went through one of the lectures this morning mm -hmm. and they talk about false beliefs. Right? Mm -hmm. And one of those false beliefs that people wrestle with is this idea that, hey, I am who I am. I can't change. Right. Like this is just, like I'm stuck. Some of the personality tests feed that thinking. Yes. I mean, so, you know, temperament-wise, yes. I'm melancholic. Right. right? And we, we us melancholics, right. which you're not, you're not nope. a melancholic, right? Nope. But I mean, us melancholics can tend to uh, gravitate more to the negative. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, that can be a challenge, mm -hmm. right? But yeah. I don't like, oh, how did he say it? So my counselor, Chris mm -hmm. uh, Augustine, how did he say He said something I was like, what? Essentially, we're, we're all, we're born with different temperaments but we all have the same commands, right? And, mm. and so, so based on your temperament, there are going to be some aspects of following Jesus that are more challenging. It, there's not one temperament where it's like, oh, you're going to have the hardest time. Right. No, no, no. Right. Like each temperament, mm -hmm. you're going to have some unique uh, struggles or unique challenges when it comes to uh, submitting to the Lordship of Jesus. Mm. And, and so, yeah, for like with the melancholics, yeah, it can be kind of that like, Eeyore, like, sure. <laughs> type type mentality. Yeah, but I was listening to uh, Preston Sprinkle this morning on Theology in the Raw. John Mark Comer, uh, okay, was his guest, second time on the show. Uh, great podcast, worth your time to listen to. Uh, but John Mark, at the very very end, he's talking about biblical community. They're talking about the five year journey of practicing the way and, and what they took uh, the church through at Bridgetown, uh, which he's now in Santa Monica uh, tomorrow. Yep, tomorrow the, book tomorrow comes, the book comes. Should be coming in the mail. <laughs> I'm super excited. Um, I'm just about done with Eve Tibbs' book, and so it'll be perfect. Perfect. Now, I ordered that one. It hasn't showed up yet. I'll have oh, to man. jump in and see where that's at. Uh, that was that's a really challenging I, one, Josh. But after you and I talked last week. Yes. And then. Okay. Did you get well, the paperback or the hardback? I got the paperback because okay. it was. 16 bucks. A third of the cost. The hardback so. <laughs> was so spendy. It was. But John Mark Homer is talking uh, about, and he asked Preston about his temperaments, um, and he, he posed a really interesting idea. Uh, perhaps all of the temperaments, Myers-Briggs, uh, Enneagram, um, Working Genius, Disc, yeah. Disc, whatever, you know, all, all of these things that we've taken, maybe they're meant to be barometers and tools and mirrors to show us actually not just strengths, but where we need to grow mm -hmm. predominantly. So uh, uh, Ruth Haley Barton believes that unequivocally with Enneagram. Enneagram was not an ever intended. She, she traces things back historically to where it came from. And 
And I know there's which what, and there's some debate. There's, there's some, some controversy. People, you know, there are people within oh, within church world that people that I love dearly are, are, are not a big fan. Violently <laughs> opposed to Enneagram, and that's fine. Don't use it. If it doesn't bear fruit, don't use it. Right, if that's a if that's a conscience yeah, thing. Yeah. Like oh, trust the Lord. But what she says is uh, Enneagram was always intended to be something that shows you flesh. It's all it was always intended to actually show you where you can grow. Mm. And uh, back to your, this long way around, back to your original thing when you said, Chris said, we don't have to be who we were. Mm-hmm. That was definitely my experience with Enneagram because I came out of the Enneagram looking at it, took multiple tests and different kinds of tests. And I was like, okay, yeah. Man, I don't like this number that I am. I get that it serves me in certain <laughs> roles of my life. And my guess is the people around me don't like this either. Um, but I recognize there there is a healthy way to be, and that's the beauty of Kron's take on Enneagram because yes. he looks at I hey if, if we're if we're healthy in this yes. versus if we're in an unhealthy place mm-hmm. because there there there's value and there's benefit mm-hmm. to you having that kind of preset wiring. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good that you bring to the table through that right right but but it's good to be mindful of the <laughs> the right. ways that it could go sideways. And if you've, if you've existed in an unhealthy state in your temperament, whatever your temperament happens to be, Josh and I would may even today use language like your joy switch being turned off, like you're, you're just perpetually against or obstinate. Um, there are some things that can, the choices that you can make uh, to kind of turn directions and you'd be surprised how easy it actually is. Um, difficult. I should say, and, and easy. It's probably both. But the awareness that I have now, I would say within the last eight months, six to eight months, um, man, it just feels more peaceful. Yeah. Well, so in Discover Purpose, which if, if, you, if you're in the current round of Discover Purpose and you're watching this, spoiler alert, so in Discover Purpose, we talk about personality. Mm. And one of the primary reasons we talk about personality is to understand how our our innate wiring can actually be a barrier to mm. us living into God's purpose for us. Okay. Right. And and I typically use the example of I mean so on the enneagram I'm a, I'm a six. Mm-hmm. Uh, my temperament is melancholic, which sure. we can be a little bit more negative, a little bit more mm-hmm. like worst case scenario thinking. Mm-hmm. So you combine that with my enneagram six, like and I could be a a basket case, right? <laughs> and 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 very uh, you know so Kron mm-hmm. would say the the cardinal sin. Or, or deadly sin of a, of a six is fear. Mm. And, and I can look at that over the entire course of my life. Like as a kid, I was very fearful. You're conscious of it. Oh, oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Because um, my brain is always thinking, oh, hey, how could this go sideways? Right. And I've come up with 37 different ways in the Risk 10 assessment. seconds of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. uh, if, if you stay trapped in that, like you'll be paralyzed, mm. right? I mean, this is the people, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe YouTube is going to censor that, right? But like, like these are the people that we saw, and there are still people that do this. Yeah. It blows my mind. If you're one of them, sorry, I don't mean this as as an offense. I would love to find out why. But these are the people that, are, that are by themselves yeah. in their car with a mask on. And it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like you're, <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. I saw a dude. Best best thing I saw. <laughs> this was like during the lockdown era. There's a dude. Riding his moped 
down the street <laughs> and he's got a he's got a mask on but no helmet and i was like <laughs> i was like dude brain injury's what fine are you but doing? i don't so, want to but i mean but you see yeah. like i mean you you could live you know there there mm. were there were people and again i'm not i'm not trying to pick on you but there were people that would not leave their house right because oh, I don't mm-hmm. want to get this COVID thing. And, hey, mm-hmm. and there are people you've got some underlying health conditions. Yeah, yeah. You need to be careful. I, I got COVID. It was no joke. Like yeah. that was no. <laughs> initially, I was one of those people that was like, oh, it's just the cold. Everyone, you're just come on, suck it up. No, I got it. It was not just the cold. Like no. that was serious business. No, uh, and a lot of people lost. And, and yes. yes, I mean there were there were people that like this this did not end well, right? Mm-mm. But I mean when we live in such fear. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I can't even leave my house because I don't want to get this. Yeah. It's like, ah, mm-hmm. like what are we missing to try to protect ourselves versus, I don't know. So with that, what are some things that you do consciously, Josh, to combat, we'll say, I'll use your terminology or Ian's terminology, the cardinal sins. What do you do to, because one of the questions that Chris asked is, where are you sitting he talked about like positionally, like mm. in relationship to, to God and, and to the presence of his spirit. Yeah, yeah. What are some of the things that you do personally since you've been open with us and said, mm-hmm. you know, talked about these things? So a lot of it is, is, is having to consciously remind myself that, hey, if, if this is something that, that God is calling me into, like that's even if it's physically dangerous, mm-hmm. if this is what God is calling me into, this is the safest place to be. Mm. And and just and just remembering, okay. hey, like if I'm walking in obedience to what Holy Spirit has called me to, mm-hmm. this is the place to be. And mm. in that case, if I'm being obedient, God's got me. Right. There there are honestly times where I will I will verbalize that to myself. I had this was um this was going into my second trip to Sierra Leone. I, I don't for for some reason I had a lot more nervousness going to that. I had for the first time in my life what I would say was probably like a, if not an actual borderline panic attack. Mm. Like I was Breathing. like like I'm I'm laying in bed. Also my brain gets going yeah. and, I, and I'm like like Shut like up. I'm just like I'm freaking out. Mm-hmm. And and in that moment like I just I felt I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. And he said, Hey, like mm. I've got you. Mm. And it was like a oh. Over the course of that trip, particularly the flights, I do not enjoy flying. Mm-hmm. Flying is a challenge for me, <laughs> but I will work through it. Uh, <laughs> to get where I need to be fast. Uh, you know, so I don't enjoy flying. There are moments, dude, anytime I'm on a plane, and it's like, oh, what was that noise? Like, what, what was that? So you don't like my jokes when I point that there's a bolt <laughs> loose? <laughs> you're all right. I, I know that you're just messing. I just think, sideways, and I've probably said this on a podcast before, I just wish there was an airline where they would explain every noise. Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard that kakunk. That was the wheels coming back up into the airplane. Not the motor exploding. That's, that's perfectly normal noise, right? Like, oh! See, but I'm also, I'm also very, I'm fact-driven. Like, if you give me, oh, that's what that sure. is. I don't have Logic to worry about that. works for you. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, over the course of that flight and that trip, mm-hmm. in moments where I could feel kind of that fear is, it, it's, it's rising up. It's mm-hmm. like, no. God's got me. Yeah. Like he told me he's got mm-hmm. me. I'm going to, I'm going to trust that what he said is true. Mm-hmm. And, and if that, and, and there were moments, cause honestly, here's the thing. I don't, I don't know if it's so much that like, you know, I get in a plane to fly. Like I'm sure it'd suck like to get sucked out an airplane window. Right. I mean, sure. the odds of that happening pretty, pretty minute. Infantism. Right. Right. Yeah. But I mean, 
But it's like, I mean, that would suck. But yeah. but then I'm with Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Right? So but so then like the next the next fear area actually became like, yeah, Lord, but like, but what if I die on this trip? Like, man, my kids are gonna be without a dad. And and then Holy Spirit says, I've got them too. Mm. And it's like, oh, okay. Okay. So so sometimes, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, kind of the how do I navigate that fear? I have to verbalize to myself, no, God has me. Mm. God has my wife. Yeah. God has my kids. Mm-hmm. What am I? What am I freaking out for? I hear and reorienting myself to the reality of mm-hmm. of what's happening. I so. hear identity state. I, I hear identity things there. So, in the midst of fear, you may be identifying as a person who is on their own, uncared for. Mm-hmm. It's up to you, mm-hmm. and and in danger, and in a place that's unsafe. Mm-hmm. And when God speaks to you, you come back to the reality of what truly is, which is, no, you're a son of God, and you are deeply cared for, and you are never unsafe. I mean, there's a whole sovereignty question there, too, but (laughs) yeah. Satisfaction only coming from Jesus. That was another thing that that Chris said. and he went back to the food thing and and talking about, Mm. you know, pursuing those things that, that we do. Um, maybe listeners, viewers, uh, stop for a moment and think about what are what are some of those things in your own life, whether they're fears, whether they're whether it's food, whether it's you know some of the more serious things, alcohol, drugs. Uh, food could be just as serious as mm-hmm. alcohol and drugs. Mm-hmm. It could be just as serious. Compulsive shopping. I mean, mm-hmm. compulsive gambling. I mean, like yeah. these are all things that are damaging to us. Yeah, and and those around us, and that you know, I mean, yeah. you talk about that. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that. How do we affect one another? Right. The, mm-hmm. the, the things that I'm chasing after mm-hmm. instead of Jesus will affect the people around me. Yeah. So he, he brought about a statistic. And Josh, you and I both have some people in our lives that fall into this area. Uh, why are 12 to 24-year-old young women the most oh. anxious demographic ever recorded? Mm. So, I mean, what he brought up is is the scrolling, yes. right? The, the 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 social media, the the comparison game, mm-hmm. which I mean is is a trap for anybody. Mm-hmm. But yeah, particularly it seems to be now. I don't know enough about the source that he cited to mm-hmm. know. Okay, did they did they only look at this demographic? Mm-hmm. Did they compare? I'm hey, curious what, to see what you think. What social media mm-hmm. consumption in this mm-hmm. demographic? demographic of mm-hmm. girls versus the same age range of, of guys. Right. Are there significant differences in social media consumption? Mm. Um, I don't have a, a son that old yet. <laughs> My right. oldest son is nine. Right. So, I mean, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think, well, and I'm, see, it gets, I'm going I'm to probably splinter a little bit here. I'm, I just started, I'm only, I don't know, two, three chapters in. My buddy Lance recommended this book called Digital Minimalism mm. by a guy named Cal Newport. Yeah. I'm only, you've read that one? Uh, I haven't read it, but I know who Cal Newport okay. is. Yeah. So I'm reading it and he's, he's right now he, in where I'm at in the book, he's talking through just kind of the, some of the brain science mm-hmm. as to why our devices, mm-hmm. why social media yep, is so, so addictive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, he's talking through that. There are fleet, so, fleets, that's, that sounds like buses, but <laughs> there are oodles 
of behavioral psychologists, psychiatrists, scientists that work for these organizations that know your brain better than you do, that have patterned and created these algorithms to do things to you that is, yeah. Well, I mean, and he's talking about even like the, like they're intentional with the color of the icons because yes. like you, you increased like clicks by a bajillion percent mm -hmm. by changing it from this color yeah. to this color. It's crunching numbers. And <clears throat> I mean, yeah. it's like, whoa, like we're totally, mm -hmm. Yeah, we're totally a, a product here to the. I don't know. It's well, that's the truth of it. Uh, you know, John Mark Comer talks a lot about these yeah. exact same things in Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. But if you want to, listeners, viewers, besides Cal Newport's book, there, Digital Minimalism, uh, Andy Crouch has a whole series of books on on the effects of the digital world, and we've referenced it before. Um, oh man, what was the book? It's a theological treatise, really, uh, opus on on digital minimalism. That's very, very good. I'll have to I'll have to find it. Maybe I can have Haley put it in the notes. But it's in my. You know what? It's something I was thinking of. It's total sideways. I, this is horrible. It's very uh, ADHD. I want to go to my bookcase at home. I have lots of books, and I want to get my label maker out. And it's one of those Ikea ones that has cubes, you oh, know? Yeah. It's yeah. the big one, full of books. And I wanna have <laughs> my label maker and put like, okay, this, this is, these two are for spiritual formation. Like, Cause now it's like, they're all over. And I'm looking around, I got Ian Cron's book here and Rich Velotis and Mulholland and whatever. I, I wanna be able, so I can reference stuff better. So I try, my, my problem is like you get books and I'm like, crap, <clears throat> this cubby won't fit books of this size but this this size book needs to go with this topic of book and then my problem is i'll loan books out to people yes. and forget who i loan them to that's the worst and i think the return rate on books i've loaned uh i've maybe gotten like one percent yeah. of the books i've loaned to people back yeah so i'll be like hey where's my copy of blah blah do blah do you have one of those stamps <clears throat> so i do but it doesn't matter because people, people don't still care. don't bring me my oh, books. Man. So basically you have some people stealing books from you, Josh. You know what? Maybe they just, uh, they needed it more than I did. I lent a book to a friend recently. And when I lent it to them, it was a, it was a Wendell Berry book. It was on poetry. It was some poetry that he wrote. And I squared up with them. And I went eyeball to eyeball. And I was like, listen, man. <laughs> Seriously. I was like, listen, man, this book is really special to me. It's really important that you get this back to me. <laughs> He looked at me like, okay, I'll, I'll get it back to you, Josh. <laughs> so. Uh, I love it. Yeah. But I do think the 12 to 20 year old, well, I've got two daughters. My, my two daughters are in this, this uh, demographic. And I do think it falls squarely with social media and the amount of consumption. My oldest daughter, Lilia, really proud of her. She has a budget essentially built into her devices that she tracks how much time, like we all have it on our phones. There's some kind of screen time, yeah, whether, screen you're, time. whether you're iPhone or, or Android um, and limits some of that consumption because the, the data is unequivocal now. Social media is damaging to our mental health. It damages, it's not theoretical anymore. Mm. It's actually proven. Uh, so what does it mean you know, to be like, uh, I know you're, you're not really big on social media, uh, Ryan doesn't. He's totally. He's totally off it. He doesn't use it at all. I would. Yeah. 
I would go that. I was actually thinking about this, reading digital minimalism, mm-hmm. but I'm the admin for the church Facebook account. So. <laughs> Part of your job. <laughs> so I can't. Yeah. I can't be. I can't be totally. I did. I got rid of Instagram though. Did you? And that was like, huh. That's my favorite. So Instagram's my favorite. Like Facebook, it's rare that I care too much about what goes on Facebook, but Instagram, I follow a lot of coffee. That's your jam. Coffee. It's your Insta tattoos. Jam. Ooh. <laughs> What else from Chris's message? Oh, I don't know boy. how long we've been going. Well, no, because we only had an hour, right? Uh, no, I changed the settings on the camera, so we're good. But okay. I think we started at about like 940. Was it? Mm-hmm. No. Because what is it now? 1050. Is that correct? There's no way we've been. Okay, I'm going to get up and go to the camera and look at our, our run time. I don't think we've been that long, have we? Uh, let's see. We are one hour in, Josh. Are you serious? We've been talking forever. I honestly, I would have guessed like 30 minutes. This is what happens when you're in, in, in uh, good oh. conversation. Okay. Well, let's keep going. Uh, so go down. He asks, again, kind of a group of questions. Things are not a lot of effect. We talked about that a little bit. But a couple of questions. What areas in life do I have to invite Holy Spirit into? But then he's, he kind of shifts a little and he talks about motivation, mm-hmm. right? Like what, what's driving or motivating mm-hmm. the, the things that I do, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and then asking some questions yes. with that. One like, of these questions was so good. Okay. Do oh, you have one in particular? I'll read well, through the questions, kind of attached questions. Maybe this was but, attached. Maybe it wasn't, but it was a very powerful part of the service. Chris said, how many opinions from mm-hmm. other people are you allowing to harm mm. you? Like, and he, he phrased it in this way, like kind of kind of couched it, like saying, are you existing in a place based upon an opinion of other, uh, from another person that's actually harming you? Like it's, you're not even able to see what's real because you're thinking about what that person said or did 10 years ago. I, I've shared on this podcast before, I've shared on other podcasts uh, when, when I've shared my story. I. Not as much as I used to, but I used to have to regularly say to myself, Ryan is not Ron. Ron was my mm. previous pastor who, who I, you don't know his last name, so it's all anonymous here, but did real harm to me and to my family. Mm. And I had to remind myself and say out loud, Ryan is not Ron. Ryan is a different person. This is, this is the person I know who Ryan is. And it really helped me to, to disconnect from a perception of what was actually happening around me was based upon a person I didn't even serve or had no connection with anymore, but it deeply, deeply impacted me. Well, you had to rewrite some of those neural pathways. Yes, right? like great. Certain, maybe it's Maybe it's certain yes. phrases, certain mm-hmm. behaviors. Totally. And, and, it, and if you don't yes. rewrite those pathways. You're gonna go with it. All right, now, like, I'm mm-hmm. gonna interpret this as I did when it was this way with the other, with the other pastor. Yeah. You know, and then mm-hmm. now we might be interpreting things. <clears throat> Chris, again, my counselor, he says, he says, all emotions are appropriate depending on how we uh, interpret a situation. Mm-hmm. So we have to ask the question, am I interpreting the situation correctly? Because mm-hmm. maybe I'm angry because I'm interpreting, interpreting, that's not even a real word, interpreting. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm angry because I interpret what you said or did mm-hmm. a certain way. Through a lens. And if I never go back to you and get any sort of clarification mm-hmm. to say, man, this is how I took what you said. Right. Is, yes. is that what you were trying to say? Married people, listen up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because otherwise I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respond. And now 
my behavior towards you will be fueled by how I interpreted what you said. Mm -hmm. And and now I'm going to respond to you. Or now the next time I see you, I'm going to say something. And and if you're not sure where I'm coming from, Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, you want to let's go. Yep. Yep. You know, boy, let's let's throw it out. Yep. Emotionally healthy discipleship. Pete Scazzaro uh, says one of the really healthy practices is is answering back or parroting back to someone what you think that they said. Mm. So you say something to me and I say, this is what I heard you say. This is what I'm understanding. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Mm. And man, you'd be surprised how quickly, you know, you could fix some things just by that practice. Well, that's that's one of your your basic tenets of, of active listening. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, rephrasing, uh, yes. you know, kind of paraphrasing emotion. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, here's kind of the emotion that I'm getting from you. The vibe. You know, <laughs> is, is that accurate? Right. You know, kind yeah. of having that, real time yeah. uh, change of interpretation. Mm-hmm. So, cause then we, cause otherwise now once, once we push that anger button, oh, now it's probably gonna be hard for me to engage in anything else that you said. Cause I'm already mad about what you said, you know, 30 seconds ago. You're, you're in a familiar pathway. So yeah. you're, you're in a, a familiar course. It feels natural. It feels normal. I don't know how, how, but since we've read the other half of church, I find myself more often now doing this going and shaking, you know what I mean? And saying to myself, wait a minute, that that's actually not true. I am, I'm, I haven't changed some of the thinking patterns, but it's like, that's a pattern of thinking that is based upon this. That isn't even true. But in, in, and if I'm misrepresenting uh, other half of church, cor- please correct me. You're more mm-hmm. familiar with it than I am. You know, from what I took out of that, that's that right brain, right? Yes. Which is going to fuel the left brain, like the the, the conscious thinking mm-hmm. based on previous experiences. In yeah. previous experiences, when mm-hmm. a pastor says this, this is what he meant. Mm-hmm. This is how we respond. Shoots it over to that One side. Sixth. I'm going to respond based on the existing filters that I have in mm-hmm. place in, in the right side of my brain. hundred percent. So, and the brain science is, is very powerful. And this is, this is why the, the field of neurotheology or studying the brain in conjunction with spiritual formation is really groundbreaking because what we're discovering is that there's a lot more to the patterns uh, of our lives than we, we think. There's a lot more to our past, which is something I'm only beginning to wake up to. Pastor Karen said something in a, mm-hmm. in a uh, staff meeting right in this room a couple weeks ago. And, and she presented God as being outside of time and space. And so that's why he's capable of fixing things and changing things in the future. It's why he's capable of instantaneous healing, physically, spiritually, emotionally in our lives. But it's also why it's possible for him to go back and change things. Now, I can't go back and change Mm. things. There's nothing that I can do, but God is capable because he's outside of time and space. Josh, my mind was blown. (laughs) I was like, whoa! Because I've been been struggling with the, the genealogy thing. Yeah. Oh, uh, well. With with Scazzaro's genealogy thing. Well, with I mean, Scazzaro gets into it. You see that? I mean, within our freedom mm-hmm. ministry here, I yep. mean, there can I be struggle. a a a past oriented mm-hmm. approach uh, mm-hmm. to some things. You see that within uh, some psychological things. Looking back yeah. at what happened, I know my wife is digging into some different things mm-hmm. that tools to mm-hmm. to walk with people through mm-hmm. through different situations. And a lot of that is is past oriented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if we if we 
have a kind of a, a, a paradigm where that's mm -hmm. that's not important. For me, it's an identity paradigm. And that's where I've struggled from the very beginning and years have passed. I, I'm still trying to, trying to make sense of it because my wife and I are very similar in this sense. We look at the, the past, we see the pain, we see the places where we've suffered, we see how it impacts us, but we kind of have a very, like maybe, it feels logical, but that may not be a right word because the people who see it otherwise are not illogical. I don't want to be disparaging. Like I can't change that. And my identity is actually new in Christ. Every curse is broken in Christ. Like who I am fundamentally has changed. My identity has changed. So what's actually happening in that healing is I'm coming into an awareness of who I am. I'm not changing the past. I'm reorienting the fact that because of what Jesus did on the cross, I am healed. I am a different person. That's, yeah. where, that's, that's where I'm really, I, I struggle with it. But then I, I come in, I, I will come into certain walls of, of my own discipleship and places of sin and struggle in my own life. And I say, okay, Lord, I'm not new to walking with you. Like I've been walking with Jesus 25 years almost. Uh, I'm getting older and I'm, I see these patterns in my life. Lord, is, there, is, this a, is this a path? Is this a place? You know, um, answering these questions, Chris said, where do you go for acceptance? Who are you trying to impress? How much of those things are really impacting us? I don't know about you, but I have certain memories. I have certain memories from childhood. I can go back and I can remember the, the certain thing. And to me, looking back at them as a 44, 45 year old man, I'm like, that's dumb. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is a child, it's a kid, like, it's a child. Like, that's dumb, it's immature, it's meaningless. But the more that those thoughts come into my mind, oh, well, Lord, you have control over time and space. What are you doing in that? Where, where are you present in this recurring memory of this thought? Mm. It's not trauma. It's not like someone harmed me or, or wicked. You know, none of the, just like simple, I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So my wife and I, we went, we went out for a date Saturday and she was talking through, she's, again, she's been digging into some material and I'm probably totally butchering this. I'd love to hear so, so talk, so God's talk, showing her. Talk to my wife. But, but it, it's, it's this idea that like there are some things that happen and I push back because I'm like, ah, like I don't, I don't have a traumatic life. Mm -hmm. Like right. there's nothing in my life that I've said, like, mm -hmm. oh, that was traumatic. Mm -hmm. Like, no. But she says what can happen just based on what she's researching, right? Like it's almost like there's, there's part of us that gets frozen in time. Mm -hmm. Right, so, so some of these moments, like, man, mm -hmm. why can't like psh, this is stupid? Like, right. come on, ten-year-old JB, like, right. get your crap together, man. Yep, yep. you're grown. But, and, but yeah. it's like, no, like that's mm -hmm. you're you're kind of stuck in some of those spots. We don't have to be, right? Mm -hmm. We don't have to be who we've been. Right. Whatever this hang-up is from whatever mm -hmm. age, I mean, Holy Spirit is more than capable of mm -hmm. doing something different with that. But Kerry Newhoff talks about a memory he had uh, when he was 10 years old. And it was very, very, like, you, you listen to what he's describing, you're like, hmm, Chris Conrad in, in the Spirit Anointed uh, Leadership Podcast coming out of sabbatical, which very much informed his message yesterday. Mm. Uh, it's informing a lot of the way he's teaching and leading that sabbatical just rocked him and changed. It's really cool to see God 
Um, and, and we're, I think our district, our pastors are, are starting to glean some of the good things that came from Chris's sabbatical. Uh, but Chris talks about a particularly, uh, I think he was eight years old. So I, I don't understand it. It's so much beyond me, but the Lord is there. He's just as much there as he is here with us now as he will be in our futures. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't understand that either. <laughs> so, Which has my, my brain is, I won't bring it up here because it'll get us totally sideways. <clears throat> my brain is pickled because I, I got thinking about that and then the impact on eternity. Mm. Anyways, we're, we're not going to get into that right now because it is. It's just one of those things like, wait. We'll, we'll turn the camera off I? and I got to hear about this. But <laughs> but one of the questions yeah. Chris asked, and, and we'll try to wrap it up here because mm -hmm. we're already over an hour, right? He says, where do I find my worth? Mm. Right? And I think, because yep. that's another one of those things that could drive, mm -hmm. right, some of those. It drives so many people. Yes, right. And, and it's, again, one of those core beliefs, right? If my core belief about myself is flawed, mm. that's going to affect every other area of my life, yeah. right? And, and th this actually goes back to that lecture that I was, I was watching this morning. They give kind of the world's formula mm -hmm. for self-worth, mm -hmm. that our self-worth is, is the result of uh, my performance and others' opinions of me. Wow. And that's what we get wow. our, our worth from. That's the world's that kind of their it's equation. It's a real formula. That's, that, that's the world's yeah, equation. Formulaic. God's formula is my, my worth comes from what God says is true about me. Mm -hmm. So I, I think when it comes to like self-worth, we have to really look at what does God say about me? Who am I? Who am I? Mm -hmm. Neil Anderson, bondage breaker. Yep. He, he has tons of material out there. Mm -hmm reminding us who we are in Christ. Identity. Because we, we, we've probably said this a bajillion times on this podcast, right? But like we haven't, so many of us, even within the church, live with an identity crisis. Yeah. Right. And we, we're still functioning from this idea of like, well, mm -hmm. I've got to, you know, bring my performance and then, man, mm -hmm. I hope people think good of me yeah. because that's where I'm going to find value in myself. Mm -hmm. No. Like we, God, if God says JB, you are a you're a mm -hmm. son of the Most High, and Chris talked mm -hmm. about that, right? Mm -hmm. he, he, if we actually live into that, it doesn't matter what somebody else says, mm -hmm. right? For my kids, right? Somebody could be like, oh no, hey, you're like a punk. I'm like, no, like that that's my kid, and they're not going to stop being my kid no matter what somebody else says about them, yeah, right? Or yeah. what they do, or what they do, which is very very related to how God treats us, yeah. and, and I think. Uh, the reality of us being image bearers. So the worth, like if you, you think about worth, right? I think about worth in like a balance beam sort of thing. Like you put weight over here, then you put gold over here. And then when you weigh those two and they equal, you can say this gold weighs this much, therefore it's worth X. Our worth is directly related to the fact that we were created by God mm. and that we were made in His image. Mm -hmm. He is perfect in all his ways. So there is this perfection in who we are because of the image of God that we bear. And that is true whether you follow Jesus or not. Mm -hmm. Like Josh and I follow Jesus, love Jesus. We want to know him more every day, lead our homes and our ministries uh, from that perspective. But uh, even those who don't know Jesus have that same worth and value because they were made in his image. I think there's something there. That's a whole other conversation, incarnational things. <laughs> Icons, <laughs> we had those conversations. We, 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 we tipped the toe in the water on that we one. Get, we get previously. sideways 
pretty we easily. Um, but we it's do. good. Uh, I enjoy this, Josh. So I got another podcast idea. Okay. We'll talk later about like it. Like an entirely separate podcast. An entirely separate podcast. So I've been talking to somebody else because I pitched okay. an idea to you a while ago and okay. you didn't want to have anything to do with it. So I've been talking to somebody else. The book about, idea? No. <laughs> the <laughs> the Death's Door uh, dialogue one. You're going to have to remind me. My brain is... <laughs> yeah, anyway, you didn't okay. want to have anything to do with it. So okay. I've actually been talking to somebody else. Okay. And so we'll see. We'll okay. see if uh, I get anything cool. uh, going with that one. Well, this has so, been episode 61. Yeah. Uh, with Dr. Chris Conrad. Uh, go back and l watch and listen to that episode. And we would definitely tell you, check out Spirit Anointed Leadership podcast. Yep. That's a great podcast. He's got some amazing... Haley will uh, throw a link maybe. Yeah, throw a link if you would uh, to Spirit Anointed Leadership, Haley. And uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. Last I knew we were at 9.55. I okay. Was what oh, Candy said. oh, coffee party. We have one on the books. That's true. Coffee party. Woo! That's right. That's right. What's the date? March 23. March 23. March 23. We'll do like a 9 to 11. 9 to 11. Uh, we'll do we'll do that. Yep. And uh, yeah. We're going to have a registration. Four. Yeah. Because we'll we have a registration how set up. How much coffee to set up uh, and that sort of thing. We probably will have to limit it to a certain number of people. Yeah, like a billion. Like limit it to a billion. Probably 50, <laughs> I would say. You can't have much more than 50 because- Well, you just won't be able to keep up on- you Won't be able to make I mean, enough coffee. Because what, we'll have three, four yeah, stations so going? My, my oldest daughter, Lily, will be there uh, to do, she's actually gonna do some milk drinks because she's she's pretty decent with uh, latte art, cappuccinos, that kind of thing. Uh, Skylar Koblenz, if he isn't in Thailand- I know, I gotta meet with him about that. He will be missed. Yeah. Well, and, man, and I wonder if we can cool. pull, pull Ben back if we, yep. Uh, yeah. Yep. We, we'll, we'll need some help brewing coffee. Chad, uh, I think Chad Bennett is going to help us uh, brew because he or does pour over. we get Joel well. back up here, it'd be good to see Joel anyways. Joel Wilkinson. He, he, yeah. brews, he, does, uh, he does pour over, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. He definitely does. Yeah. Um, and I've got a new espresso machine, so I'm going to be pulling shots. And I was thinking, Josh, I was thinking this. We need to teach you one of the brewers. I was gonna say, I'm gonna be just walking around staring at people because I'm worthless. We could teach uh, you how to use one of the brewers <laughs> and you could make, you could do clubbers. Okay. So like and subscribe, let's check. Let's just check You're where we got this thing. Let's see where we're at. Let's see where we're at here, uh, listeners, viewers. Um, you heard it first right here, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, we're going to Radiant Reflections here. I see 957 subscribers. Ooh, 43 to go. We're getting there. So like, subscribe, share this. Encourage others to subscribe. Maybe that's the, the action step this week. When you share it, encourage your friends and family to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the audio podcast. For, find find for people ramblings. that disagree with the doctrine of the Trinity. Because mm -hmm. that seems to, honestly... Other than podcast comments, I think the most comments we get are people. I just saw some. We've really? got like three or four in the hopper right now that I haven't even. Clicked they don't believe yet. the Trinity's real. That they're really upset that we teach about the Trinity versus their oneness doctrine. Well, people. you've got like a there are, there are binitarians that right, it's just, right. that, that you've got two. Yeah, and uh -huh. then you've got people that would reject the whole thing and say no, it's just one, and only one, which we would say it's one in three person. But anyways, so send it to all your friends that don't like the Trinity. They'll subscribe just so they can like say mean things to us. You can find with YouTube. Josh, the manager so, of the <laughs> social media platforms. So, uh, all right. Uh, you guys are awesome. We'll see you next time with a couple of special guests. Yes, next I week is special guests. Week. So it'll be fun. Yep. It's going to be good.
Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share His love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections. Radiant Reflections.